0: Welcome, everyone, and thank you so much for accepting our invitation for this Bible study and reflection for December 14th, 2022. Now let us begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Peace be with you. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father and most merciful God, may the coming celebration of the birth of your Son, Jesus Christ, Bring us your saving help and prepare us for eternal life. We ask that you grant this through our Savior, Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Okay, so in one of our recent Bible studies and reflections, I talked about how God is good all the time. And today I want to reflect on how he works in us all of the time. I'm going to begin today by reading from the book of John, chapter 5. To give you a little perspective on the setting of this reading, Jesus has just arrived at a pool near the sheep gate. And this gate is near the temple, or where the sheep would have been ushered in prior to being sacrificed. People with all kind of infirmities clustered around this pool in hopes that they could benefit from the healing power of the water. Jesus met a man there who had been an in invalid for 38 years. Out of compassion, Jesus healed the man and told him to pick up his mat and walk. Now, it just so happens that Jesus healed this man on the Sabbath. And as he was walking away, holding his mat, Some of the Jewish religious leaders saw him and questioned why he was carrying his mat on the Sabbath, which was not allowed by Jewish law. The response Jesus gives them resulted in their dislike of him. Here is the reading. John chapter 5, verses 16 through 17. So, because Jesus was doing these things on the Sabbath, the Jewish leaders began to persecute him. In his defense, Jesus said to them, My father is always at his work to this very day, and I too am working. Now, did you catch that last line? My father is always at his work to this very day, and I too am working. Now, I'm reminded of a time about 10 years ago when I was first involved in a production at our church called the living last supper it was inspired by da vinci's painting of the last supper this production was put on by a ministry at our church that we call saint paul's players the very capable paula benson was and still is director of the productions performed by saint paul's players paula had a connection with the south carolina state senate And as a result of that, she invited us to a morning prayer meeting with a handful of state senators. Three of us that were in the production at the time went and were given a little time to talk about the production in general, as well as tell them how we got involved. I spoke briefly and told them how I got involved, so I let them know that our pastor, Tony Metz, had planted a seed about being a disciple in the upcoming production planted the seed with me. I told him I'd think about it, but honestly, one of my worst fears at that time was performing on stage. During the brief time that I was deciding whether or not I would do it, I prayed for guidance, but I also remembered a recent past Sunday school lesson that I had taught fourth and fifth graders. That lesson involved God revealing himself in the burning bush, to Moses, and asking him to lead his people out of Egypt. Of course, you know that Moses let God know that he was not the guy to do that. Basically, he said, I'm not your man. And God basically said, yes, you are, and I will equip you for the task. Well, I got to admit, I knew right then and there that God was working in me and would continue working in me, and I prayed that he would equip me to portray Andrew the Disciple, in that production. There were maybe a dozen senators, plus three of us from St. Paul's, players in attendance that morning. At the end of the meeting, everyone in the room was encouraged to say a short prayer. I'm going to paraphrase now, but during the prayer time, I remember one of the senators praying that God's Holy Spirit would continue working in everyone, whether they knew it or not. That part of his prayer has stuck with me and is part of the inspiration for this Bible study and reflection today. Another thing that inspired me, reminded me of a book I read, and it had a great impact on me. It was written by Dr. Kevin Lehman, and that's L-E-H, oh, excuse me, L-E-M-A-N, Kevin Lehman, <clears throat> titled The Way of the Wise, Simple Truths for Living Well. And by the way, I would definitely recommend this book for your reading, and it only took me about a half a day to read it, so it's a very short book, but very impactful. Now, I would like to share some of Dr. Lehman's writing with you from this book, and I quote, Others' belief in you starts off your spiritual pilgrimage, even if you don't know your own one, as I didn't. Jump ahead a few years in my life to see what a difference my mom's and my wife's belief in me made. He was not a very good student. After I got all my academic degrees, I became a professor at the University of Arizona. I taught open forum counseling. In other words, my classroom was not merely a class of theory and academics. It was actually applied psychology in action a very unusual class in its day. I would bring in a real family struggling with their marriage or their kids, and I would counsel them in an open forum area. I literally told my students how to counsel by walking them through the process. I would go ahead and counsel the family. Then I would step out of that counseling role and face the students. Now let me tell you what I just did and why and explain what's really going on in this family. People were on the edge of their seats. I never had a problem with my students being bored or falling asleep because the class was action-packed and tremendously popular. That is what King Solomon did in Proverbs 3, verses 1 through 6. He brilliantly figured out that to make the maximum impact, his words had to be action-packed. They had to clearly show anyone who read them what to do in a very compact way that any person could understand. Do not forget my teaching, he said, clear-cut, simple, and life-transforming. Now, I knew all the Sunday school stories because my mom had dragged me to church every week. I thought the teaching was going in one ear and out the other. I chose not to follow it. But because of my mom's gentle persistence, I came back to the teaching I thought I'd forgotten. And it truly transformed my life. You see, God can do a work in your life, even when you don't know it. That's why I love the old poem called Footprints in the Sand. The poet asked God why, during the roughest times of life, she can only see one set of footprints in the sand. Does that mean God left her? God's reply? Hey, those are the times when I was carrying you. You were never alone. When I look back on all the aspects of my life, there is no doubt God had his hand on me long before I knew who he was. I could never forget his teaching because his teachable moments followed me all along the way and carried me in my darkest moments they will carry you too. End quote. Now, Dr. Lehman referred to Proverbs 3, verses 1 through 6, and I would like to read that. My son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart, for they will prolong your life many years and bring you peace and prosperity. Now, remember that because I'm going to expound on that a little bit in a minute. Peace and prosperity. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all ways submit to him and he will make your paths straight. Now it's interesting to note that the words peace, prosperity, well-being, and even the word well in some instances used in scripture all come from the same Hebrew root word shalom. The definition of shalom is very broad, and it includes peace, prosperity, well-being, welfare, state of health, and even friendliness. Now, you know, in our society and culture, when we hear the word prosperity, I think we automatically think of monetary prosperity and success, meaning we worked. We did it on our own, and now we're monetarily rich, all because of what we have done all on our own. I don't want to get, off, get us off track here, but I did want to point out the importance of knowing and understanding the meaning of a word and how it can affect our interpretation of Scripture. In verse six, we are instructed to submit to God, and if we do, he will make our paths straight. Does that always mean we're going to never stray from that straight and narrow path? Mm, I would think not. Our guidance comes from God's words through scripture, and the more we learn it, the more we will love it, and then we will begin to live it. There is another influence in our lives that can be very subtle or it can hit us like a ton of bricks. And that influence comes through observing the actions of others and following their lead, so to speak, as they stay on the straight and narrow path. In simple but very profound terms, they are following Jesus, who is the light of the world. I did not know at the time because it was subtle. But for me, my greatest faith-based influence came from my grandmother, who we affectionately called Gamma. Now, was Gamma perfect? No, she wasn't. She was a sinner and broken, but she knew Jesus, and it was in and through her actions that I really began to see the light of the world. She did not walk around with a sign on her back that said, hey, look at me, I'm following Jesus. I understand now that she learned God's word. She loved God's word, and she did her best to live God's word. It wasn't until I was in my early 60s that the ton of bricks came tumbling down on me when I read Kevin Lehman's short but powerful book that I realized I had never thanked her for being one of the greatest faith-based influences in my life. She not only led by example, but she believed in me and encouraged me in so many ways. Thank you, Gamma, and thanks be to God that he allowed you to influence me and so many others. Now I'd like to close today by leaving us all with a few things to ponder, myself included. Who believed in and encouraged you? If they are still living, would you write them a note and thank them for making a difference in your life? Also, something else to ponder. What have you done to provide teachable moments for those you love? Do you express your belief in the people you love? I do know I could do a lot better job of believing in and encouraging the people I love. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, God of grace and love, you are full of compassion and slow to anger, and you are constantly at work in us, and through your Holy Spirit and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Lord, we ask that you would enable us to know your love and compassion and equip us to share that with everyone. We ask this in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Go in peace, serve the Lord.